0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Cubs Corner. My name is Anthony Pasquale. This episode, I am riding solo, just recapping and talking about the Cubs offseason so far. So first of all, um, we obviously have talked about a little bit before um, with Mariah. Theo Epstein is no longer a part of this Cubs organization, decided to part ways and pursue something else. You know, he's, he's talked about he only wants to stay in one place for 10 years. He stayed with the Cubs for nine um, on a side note, those are arguably the best nine years the Cubs have ever had in any nine-year period in their history. Of course, the World Series championship was brought to Chicago as well, but he's moved on. Jed Hoyer has slid into the role as president of baseball operations, leaving general manager open. Um, and so there are a lot of holes to fill for this Cubs team. Obviously, coming off a year where they made the playoffs, won the division, were swept away by the Miami Marlins in the playoffs still have a division that appears to be for the taking, but has some money problems. The financial landscape of baseball as a whole is unknown. So the Cubs have a lot of question marks and a lot of things that Jed Hoyer needs to address and answer as the offseason progresses and we enter into next season, which we don't know if there will be fans, if we will play 162 games or less, or even if the DH will be back in the National League. So it makes it difficult for Jed Hoyer. Um, We stand now here, I believe, a week removed from the winter meetings. They were last week uh, after the non-tender deadline till about the 10th or 11th of December. Now it's the 17th, um, or excuse me, the 16th here, talking about the roster and and different free agent moves going on. Not a lot has happened. Um, Charlie Morton is signed with the Braves, of course, a few other minor moves, nothing big by any team, really. James McCann to the Mets. The White Sox traded for Lance Lynn. Those are among the moves, but really, we haven't seen any of the big free agents go. DJ LeMahieu, George Springer, of course, Trevor Bauer, all still on the market. Um, and the offseason is kind of progressing slowly. It has in the past, but this year, with winter meetings and general manager meetings via Zoom, and just the unknowns of next year's collective bargaining agreement and whether or not these players will be getting prorated or full salaries or anything like that, it's hard to sign players know what type of budget you're going to have for next year or how much you can afford to give some of these star players. And that's if you're a team like, say, the Mets or the Yankees or or the Dodgers who have the money to go out and spend. The Cubs have repeatedly said that they don't have that money to spend So they're trying to just kind of bridge the gap between this Cubs team and the next contending Cubs team. We don't know if that's going to be in 2021 or beyond. Obviously, some roster decisions looming for Jed Hoyer as they try to get under the luxury tax but still compete in the future. So first off, we're just going to talk about on the surface level what the Cubs have lost so far in the offseason and what it is that the Cubs need before next season starts. So we'll start, I mean, three starting pitchers off um, in free agency, lost, currently not signed yet, but not currently Cubs. John Lester we mentioned already, um, Tyler Chatwood, and Jose Quintana. I think a lot of people rumor that Quintana might be looking toward a reunition with the White Sox on the other side of town, um, I don't think the Cubs will be in on him. They have, I believe, Jed Hoyer said yesterday or a few days ago, we are not ready to close the door on bringing John Lester back. I mean, he's still very involved in the city, and I think that's a potential option. The Cubs may decide to sign him and bring him back for another year, maybe one year contract to get him to 200 wins and let him retire a Cub. And then Tyler Chatwood, he had some interesting starts. The stuff was looking really good early in the year. And then he had a one bad start, an injury, came back, another bad start, and then it was just kind of downhill for Chatwood. A lot of people think he can be a relief pitcher late game. Some people think he can be a starter. Um, but he probably won't command too much money. So if the Cubs wanted to bring him back, I'm sure they could. But it looks like out of those three, Lester is probably most likely To come back, you look at the rotation for next year. You're looking at obviously you Darvish, who was named to the All MLB team and placed second in NL Cy Young voting as your ace. He'll probably get the ball on opening day for David Ross. Second, you've got Kyle Hendricks, another solid year from him. He's still under contract as well. You have a good one and two as any team in the MLB does. Third, you're likely looking outside the organization to fill that spot. Maybe that's Lester again, but we know he's had games where he doesn't even pitch like a three starter. Maybe you can go out and get, you know, one of these free agents on the market that might come a little cheaper this season. Or maybe you look um, to to flip a player, get a trade deal. Not too sure where that third starter is going to come. But I think the Cubs hope Alec Mills can still be that fourth starter I mean, heck, he pitched a no-hitter last season. He's obviously got some good stuff. And this organization has really high hopes for Albert Alzali. Had a strong second half of the 60-game season. His slider was really looking sharp, and the fastball's got some heat on it. So that could be a guy that you see project long-term in this rotation. But bottom line, and there's at least one, maybe two spots to fill and that starting rotation for Jed Hoyer to look to solve before next season starts. You look at the bullpen, the Cubs were able to keep a lot of things intact. Um, You look at the arbitration deadline, excuse me, the tender deadline. um, The Cubs were able to avoid arbitration with Colin Rhea, Dan Wrinkler, and Kyle Ryan. So those are three guys you expect to see in the bullpen. Of course, you've got Craig Kimbrell. Rowan Wick, among those back there, um, two players were not tendered contracts. Um, of course, Kyle Schwarber and Albert Almora. We'll get to that later. But Ryan Tapera, who had a solid year, actually got an MVP vote on accident. But he's going to be a guy that has now reached free agency. And then, of course, Jeremy Jeffers. He was nominated for the all-MLB team, and he was the Cubs' best reliever all year. Got a couple of saves, pitched the big innings when Craig Kimbrell couldn't. Jeffress is a guy the Cubs have expressed interest in re-signing, but he's a guy that's going to command a little bit more money off of the type of year he had. So it looks like, as of right now, from the bullpen, two key relief pitchers gone in Jeremy Jeffress and Ryan Tapera. Now you talk about that non-tender deadline, uh, Kyle Schwarber, Albert Almora, Victor Caratini, Wilson Contreras, Javier Baez, and Chris Bryant were the hitters that had the option to get tendered or non-tendered contracts. Chris Bryant, Baez, Caratini, Wilson Contreras, and Ian Happ were tendered contracts, so they will all be under contract for the Cubs For 2021, barring any trade. They have club control under those guys until at least the end of 2021. Then, Kyle Schwarber and Albert Almora were non-tenders, which means the Cubs decided not to give these guys contracts for next year. Both of them do not come as extremely surprising just because Schwarber was doing a raise in arbitration that the Cubs did not think they could pay coming off a year where he hit below 200 and kind of struggled for the Cubs. And Albert Almora got sent down to the minor leagues by the end of the season. Really hasn't been the player the Cubs hoped he would be. So you look at those two guys. Those are now free agents. The Cubs expressed interest in re-signing Schwarber at a better price for them. Schwarber expressed interest in the Cubs as well, so keep an eye on that for a potential reunion. But as of right now, Schwarber is a free agent, and aside from the Cubs, he is drawing interest from, I believe, the Yankees, the Angels, and the Blue Jays, according to reports. So, Cubs might lose out on their 2016 World Series hero. Also, Jose Martinez was not tendered a contract. This one was not um, especially surprising to me. Martinez struggled. I think he was 0 for 21 or 0 for 27 in his limited at-bats with the Cubs after they traded for him. So he is also a free agent there. So Schwarber and Almora, both free agents, a key starting outfielder and a key bench presence for the Cubs and potentially a designated hitter if that is a position that comes to the NL full-time That means there's at least two holes position-wise. you got to fill outfield. You need a starter. Right now, Ian Happ and Jason Hayward are the only two outfielders even listed on the roster. And then you need to backfill that bench because also Jason Kipnis is a free agent. Cubs could still re-sign him, but that means you're looking for another infielder and you're looking for some outfield help from outside the organization, whether that be through trade or through free agency. Reports show that the Cubs are interested in Jackie Bradley Jr., a guy Jed Hoyer has spent some time with in Boston. Really good defender in center field. He's been hitting better as of late, but not a particularly gifted hitter. He'd likely project to be center fielder with Happ and left and Hayward in right. Solid defensively, and if Happ hits like—and Hayward hits like they did last season, you can kind of suffer a little bit on the hitting side with the defense, that Jackie Bradley Jr. presents. Cubs are in on him to potentially fill one of those outfield spots, but there certainly exists that hole on this team that they will look to fill, hopefully of an impact bat because the offense has been struggling and the Cubs have repeatedly said that they're going to be looking to change the way their offense is. Not as many strikeouts, not as many balls out of play you want to put it in play get the base runners moving etc etc that's what they're going to kind of look to do looking for different types of hitters this offseason it appears shifting gears off the field obviously there have been a ton of front office openings for the cubs obviously theo epstein leaves but over a hundred people in the scouting and player develop departments lost their jobs because the Cubs couldn't afford to pay them due to COVID-19 and the finances that they were not able to receive through revenue. They couldn't afford to pay all these people in the front office. So Jed Hoyer now in charge of backfilling this front office and trying to get the best people that they can to help this team at the cheapest possible price. Not easy to do. They're also looking for a general manager um, that role that Jed Hoyer filled for the last nine years, he has said that he is going to look outside of the organization just to get a little bit of a change of idea out of those guys. Um, hasn't decided on anybody yet. It might not even be until after next season, but they will be looking outside the organization to hire a general manager. And then also perhaps the biggest shock so far of the off season is that The Cubs lost their TV broadcaster from Marquee Network, and in the past, WGN, NBC Sports, and ABC. Len Casper will no longer be calling games for the Cubs. However, he will be calling games in Chicago. He has taken the job as the White Sox radio play-by-play announcer. And our fans, our listeners, have heard me speak with Casper multiple times. We've had him on the show to discuss announcing, to discuss the Cubs before the season started before, and also just his career. And what I've learned and what he said is he always looked up to Ernie Harwell growing up, the Tigers radio announcer. He said he always wanted to be like Ernie Harwell. Now he gets his opportunity to do radio. Obviously a bit of a pay cut for him. He said Marky Network did everything they could and put a handsome offer on the table to keep him. But for Len, this wasn't about trading Sides. It wasn't about the Chicago Cubs or the way Marquee Network ran things. It was about wanting to fulfill a childhood dream. And Len will get an opportunity to do that for the White Sox. But for the Cubs, now it leaves a hole as the TV announcer. Chris Myers, a rumored candidate to fill the position, Marquee Network has not yet announced anything. Um, but this is a huge decision for them. Second year of a network, you want to get a guy that keeps fans listening, draws more fans to the Cubs and the network because you want to grow this network. If, if they strike out on this hire, it could really hurt the organization in the future. It could really hurt the network and it could really hurt the finances, which already seem to be a little bit hamstrung um, for the Ricketts family. And, and and the the budget of baseball departments for Hoyer as well. A little bit of news though: Wrigley Field has been um, upgraded to landmark status, so the Ricketts family will receive some money um, in in regard to that. How that projects to the the baseball operations budget is unknown for now. It's also unknown how the Cubs will decide to use the money that Theo left behind for going his last season at the helm of the Chicago Cubs. It looks like he's gonna take a year off from baseball before jumping back into another endeavor. Potentially that's um, an owner or part of an owner group of an MLB team. Maybe it's uh, taking over as the president of baseball operations once again for a different team. Or maybe it's as the commissioner of the MLB when the new CBA is up next offseason. It's interesting, Theo, one of the smartest men the Cubs have ever come across obviously has a plan, and I think he'll be successful wherever it is that he may end up. But before we let you all go here, I want to talk about the core five players for the Cubs. A lot has been made of them. A lot has been made of Jed Hoyer's decisions about them, or Theos for that matter. Um, Kyle Schwarber, Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras, Anthony Rizzo, and Javier Baez. Obviously, Schwarber's decision has partially already been made. He's not tendered a contract, currently a free agent. The Cubs could bring him back maybe on a one- to two-year deal, $5 million contract, something like that, less than the $8 million. Um, But nonetheless, he's a free agent right now. So so that's how Schwarber's case, and he's probably the easiest one to discuss because the decision's partly already been made. Um, a, A big question mark is Chris Bryant. The Cubs have said repeatedly that they're interested in keeping him long-term. He said he loves playing in Chicago, would love to play long-term, but nothing on that front has ever gotten to anywhere close to making a deal. Part of that is because of Scott Boris being his agent and liking the hit-free agency to drive up prices. Um, You talk about Chris Bryant. Some potential trade rumors are the Nationals, the Mets, Giants, Padres, Dodgers, Braves, Red Sox, all of them have reportedly been interested in the versatile um, corner player, whether it's third base, left field, right field, or even first base. Um, We know he's got power. We know he's fast. He's won an MVP, but he's been injured recently. It's kind of interesting to discuss that because you don't know what he would have done full health. You don't know if he's now an injury-prone player that you maybe not want to take a chance on. I always thought after a bad year like this, the Cubs might be able to re-sign him cheaper, and I don't think trading him is a good idea right now because he doesn't have a lot of value, so they might not get much for him. That's my side of it, but it seems increasingly likely that the Cubs are going to try to move Bryant. Um, my guess, best guess is he gets traded to maybe the Braves or the Dodgers if they don't get Nolan Arenado from the Rockies. Um, I thought the Nationals made a lot of sense, but General Manager Mike Rizzo kind of said we haven't had a serious discussion about Bryant in two years, so you don't know exactly where he's going, but it appears that they are going to try to trade him even though they fought so hard for this final year of service time. It's kind of a funny situation the Cubs find themselves in. Bryant's always been one of my favorite players. Um, Best case scenario is you re-sign him you know, an 8- to 10-year deal, 20 to $25 million a year. I don't know if he or Boris would accept that. So unfortunately, I think the best move then is to trade him and try to maximize your return. Get a third baseman or an outfielder for the future. That's the best guess for me right now. Rizzo obviously has to stay in Chicago. He's the new Mr. Cub. He's done so much for this city on and off the field. I think he has to finish his career as a Cub. Um, you could re-sign him now or re-sign him after 2021. Now might be the cheaper one because he's coming off of a bad season as well, but I think the bottom line is he has to stay in Chicago. My best guess is he gets signed to an extension in the neighborhood of around five to seven seasons because he's a little bit older, um, and he's, he's taken a pay cut before. I think he would do it again um, relatively f- team-friendly um, from a money standpoint, which would help to then also extend the next person on our list, Javier Baez. I think Rizzo and Baez are going to be the new duo moving forward. I think Brian's going to be too much to keep in Chicago. And Baez is the more marketable player and the better player for your network and for your fans to, to buy things, buy tickets, buy subscriptions, buy jerseys. He's a more marketable player, extends to a wider audience, um, Baez is one of the MLB's most marketable player in general. So he's a logical candidate for a long-term extension. I mean, you know he's got the power. He's great at running the bases. His hitting is phenomenal. The tagging is great. I mean, everything about him is is watchable. He's the easiest guy to watch, most fun guy to watch. You got to keep that guy on your team. This is a year ahead of a loaded free agent class um, of shortstops, Carlos Correa, Francisco Lindor, Trevor Story, Baez among them. I think you got to lock him up now so he doesn't hear and see some of that money that he could be getting in a year. Um, and I think he's got to stay in Chicago. I think that um, extension happens before the next season begins for the Cubs. That's my prediction on him. And then finally, Wilson Contreras. It's an interesting question. Because the Cubs are loaded in catcher in the organization. They have Victor Caratini, who's a solid, solid backup, would start on maybe 20 other teams. And then the up-and-coming Miguel Amaya, a prospect that they really, really like. So they could backfill his position in a way that they can't at third base or first base or even left field with Schwarber. So Contreras is, is a guy that might be traded. I think he's probably the best candidate or most valuable candidate to be traded because he's got two years of control left and that type of catcher with his power, but also his defense and work ethic is so hard to come by. However, I don't think the Cubs are going to find a trade where they think they're getting what Contreras is worth. So because of that, I think they keep Contreras, hold him for one more season. Then once they have a little bit of more financial flexibility, extend him to a five to seven year deal because catchers are a little bit more um, expendable, hard to sign to ten-year deals because they can get injured just as easily as they can hit twenty home runs. So I think a five to seven-year deal after this season is a reasonable prediction for Contreras. So, if you ask me about the core four, core five, I guess if you include Schwarber, um, long term you lose Schwarber and you lose Bryant. Long term you keep Contreras, Rizzo, and Bias. That's been my most asked question. What do they do about those five guys? I think there's your answer. You keep Rizzo um, for if not even for a baseball reason, just for the city. You keep Bias. He's your most valuable, um, valuable in every sense of the word. He can do so much on the field, but also very valuable off of it, um, mark market wise. And then you keep Contreras because you don't see that type of catcher ever, and he's a guy that you're going to want to hold on to. Bryant, of course you want to, but it's the most difficult one to hang on to, and Schwarber is uh, probably the least valuable of those five. Could sign him back cheap, but it's just as likely that he ends up playing for Joe Madden in, in Los Angeles or somewhere else. So that's my predictions there on the core five, and that is also... It for this edition of the Cubs Corner. Thank you all for listening. As always, this episode is brought to you by Coaches Barn Grill, located at sixty one sixty nine North Northwest Highway on the Northwest side of Chicago. A little bit of a tough time for them and all businesses currently because of COVID nineteen. So make sure you get to Coaches. I believe they're doing curbside delivery and Grubhub. Um, unsure of their future being inside the building, but keep an eye on coaches. With that, that'll do it for this edition of the Cubs Corner. Thank you all for listening. As always, this episode is available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and of course, the Cubs HQ website. But for now, thank you all for coming to the Cubs Corner.